day we hoistling at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. This is the podcast with nothing much to do about aircrafts and potentially everything to do with the first episodes of a filming series. I'm Drew. I'm the pragmatic cyclops of this podcast. Every podcast needs a cyclops. And I'm Jimbo, the non-conforming existentialist pilot critic. And I'm the magical Miss Mo, master of pilots. Join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the original bad boys of stop animation, South Park, will be hoisted on its own petard. It's a real word. Look it up. Non-discriminatory. Read your Shakespeare, folks. It's a bomb. And listeners, we have a new feature to our podcast. Each week, follow our blog, and we will give you an opportunity to watch the pilot before we review it, and we will consider your comments and feedback when we record. Be the podcast you want to see in the world. All right, uh, Mo, what is your background with South Park before we jump into the pilot? So I definitely used to watch South Park in high school. It was something that me and my brother used to watch a lot and laugh at, and it was fit right into our sense of humor of just being kind of vulgar and gross. Um, again, it was on cable, so we didn't get to watch it that often. I think when my dad got up the one of those black boxes that uh, a lot of immigrant parents like to get to give <laughs> to scam the waves. Those, those TV waves, um, that's when we used to watch it the most. But how about you, Drew? I still watch South Park. I've seen every single episode. When I was a kid, I downloaded real player files, like .rm files of South Park episodes. So they were like multimedia files that were like 35 meg. And they were super shitty quality. But I would play them on like my computer while I played video games. So they were like the background of my childhood my my nostalgia boner might be huge on this episode but i'm gonna keep it under control and what i specifically remember about the first season of south park is this kid at sunday school had a just like a white t-shirt with like a pencil sketch drawing of like the four boys at the bus stop and this was before you could buy south park everything so i thought that shirt was the super coolest motherfucking thing in the world and i coveted it greatly and thought it would make me like a cooler kid if i had it sunday school (sighs) Jimmy Christ made a comment to me today about how could Drew not watch Married with Children and be allowed to watch South Park. So <laughs> that's that's something that the listeners are also thinking about. Drew got a TV in his room in between those two shows premiering. So <laughs> I was that kid. I figured the time had something to do with it. The fact that South Park came out a good decade later. I also had a large background with this show when it first came out i definitely remember watching the shows relatively early like maybe like maybe not the first season but but definitely when they were still fresh and i thought they were hilarious my dad used to buy every season on on a dvd so i've seen the first few seasons a lot it was a big show for us to watch when i was living the barracks life and then when I went to college, it was kind of hit and miss. And then now I'm at the stage where I don't really watch TV. And I definitely have lost touch with South Park. I got a new season of South Park when we were in Mozambique. And it was incredibly comforting. I watched the entire like mini eight episode season in one night. And I meant to like parcel it out over a couple of days. But I watched the shit out of those. It was awesome. It was the one where Cartman gets into NASCAR. <laughs> I think the last time I watched South Park was at your place in Villa and Coulouge. <laughs> and now for our 60 second summary. Wrap that shit up, B. Alien visitors abducted Cartman the night before. Then when the boys are going to school, visitors abduct Kyle's little brother, Ike. 
Additionally, other sorts of weird things are happening with the cows in the small town of South Park. Meanwhile, Cartman insists that the night was all just a dream, even though he farts fire, has objects retracting in and out of his asshole that make him sing and dance as well. The boys, Kyle and Stan, finally meet up with Wendy, and they go on their own little Scooby-Doo type investigation. In the end, the aliens give the cows a gift, and Cartman returns in time for school the next day. And unless I missed anything, Drew is going to start us off with our high points. I will, and like it's it's so funny for you to summarize that. And in my head, I'm like, a multi-million dollar empire, hundred million dollar empire is born from that semi-weak ass story. But there were high points too. And um, what I liked was like, man, now some real crappy animation <laughs> with like attention to detail and like very specific places. So like, I don't know if you noticed, like it's not a low point because it was very cute and endearing and like real indie shit um and how comedy central used to be poor but like on the bus sometimes when they were looking at the boys on the bus when ike gets kidnapped it's a whole bunch of kids and then sometimes when they look on the bus it's just the four boys and like it does not address that fact at all so there's some pretty crappy animation throughout but i love like the regular human beings and the pictures i love that like the short that made Matt Stone and Trey Parker famous, like the spirit of like Christmas was like on the billboard and the intro song. There was just a lot of like funny little touches throughout mixed in with like some very basic ass animation, but it's also on purpose, you know? So that was a high point. I, I thought it was very endearing. I didn't notice any of that, but you, of course you would notice it. I'm glad that you, you pointed that out. What was the story of Christmas? Um, basically these, the two guys made a video, they were like film students at CU Boulder and they moved to Los Angeles and an executive or something wanted them to make instead of like a Christmas card, like a Christmas video. And so they did stop motion animation, like in the first episode, um, Jesus fighting Santa Claus (laughs) because Frosty the snowman went crazy and tried to kill them both. And it's very vulgar. Um, and there was this urban rumor that it was George Clooney's the one who made them who made them like make that video thing, but he was just a big fan. So it was just an urban myth, but there's clips of it in two places in the original, like this theme song. And I think that's cute. That's funny. Oh, there's a clip of it. Not just like a still image, but like an actual thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have to rewatch. Yeah. It's, it's a short South park style film. It's very intentionally shitty. And since we're kind of talk, talking about the background, they literally cut the characters out of like paper, you know, like cardstock type. Like that's the origins of, of uh, the animation as well. And like the fact that they stuck with that is just also, I think, a little bit cool. And then they would just like move them around? No, what they would do is they would take a picture and then they would move everything like a quarter of a centimeter and then take another picture and then move everything another quarter of a centimeter and take another (laughs) picture. And then they would take the closed mouth and pull that away and put an open mouth in and take a picture of that. And then, like, take it away and put the closed mouth back in. And that's how they made the first episode. Groundbreaking stuff here, Mo. Yeah, I could do that. Fuck, why didn't we do that? I know, right? We ever get a time machine. I think that's what we should do. Because we were, like, seven between the ages of, like, eight and 13. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) <laughs> I have to agree with, with Drew's high, high point. I thought that although the animation is not going to win any awards, I thought it was cool. And, and it wasn't quite a high point for me, but I definitely appreciate it. For sure. I learned so much. Mo, what's your high point? My past with watching this show was just hearing a lot of these curse words for the first time or 
hearing them used so frequently in such a way um, brought me back to to when I used to watch it in, in high school. And so for my high point, I think it was just all of the cursing and the crudeness, but but still getting across that this is a story about these just little boys in a town getting into trouble and and really balancing it with an innocence like the example of every time Stan it was it is Stan right did I get him right okay (laughs) whenever he would just like barf whenever the minute Wendy would talk to him was again that balance of oh it's so sweet he has a crush and that's so relatable but then it's just so disgusting (laughs) yeah to me that's what separates the show and does make it endearing like Beavis and Butthead was kind of irredeemable like they were intentionally horrible and it was still funny but like the South Park boys like there is you do get a sense that kids are like that you know um and that that's kind of like normal kids like cursing and being dumb away from adults because that's how like dumb little kids act yeah definitely that's that that was play playground experience like for sure because I would have to agree the the initial vulgarness of the show really got me into that show when it first came out. Like that was the number one aspect where I was like, this is hilarious. Like not because it was actually clever, but just because it was just like to the extreme. And the fact that there are kids, I don't know what what to make out of it exactly, but that's probably why so many people hated it when it first came out. The vulgarity is clever. I mean, things can be vulgar and clever, you know? And I think that (laughs) the cleverness of the show is, what you're saying like it's ironic like irony is the juxtaposition of expectations so when you see little cute kids with a stop motion animation like yelling <laughs> dildo you're like oh so yeah I, I yeah i get that i get that's why people were probably pissed off and when he did it and then, and then the then kids have no it, idea yeah, what it, yes exactly I was except just for kenny that. kenny's that kid who is so real yeah. <laughs> no kenny is that kid yes there's a there's always a kid like that in every class and I may have been that kid a lot of the times because my dad didn't do a very very good job of like hiding the pornographic material. You know, like we definitely learned about stuff early, but but I also had a friend that had like three older brothers that were in high school and <laughs> that and that friend in my early early years taught us a lot. Uh, Jimbo, on the next the next episode when we do the intros, you can be I'm the nihilistic nonconformist Kenny of the podcast. <laughs> we'll see. I haven't died yet. I almost did last week. I had a, the editing saved me. Man, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> there was this one part when Cartman says dildo around his mom or something, and then she says, "Well, it looks like I'll have an appointment with whatever." Oh, wait. It was like it's like, "Mom, stop! Get kitty, stop being a dildo." Oh yeah, that's a really bad Cartman. <laughs> and she's like, "Well, yeah, I know sure a little is. kitty that's gonna spend tonight with mommy." <laughs> I can't do it. I don't think. I don't think. I think this show taught me what dildo was. I was very innocent in high school. I didn't know anything. <laughs> I don't even think I got that joke when I watched it the first time. I I got it now. This is gonna date that technology, but like my dad had an app on a Newton, which was a weird Apple like you know PDF or not PDF um personal management device or whatever, and um it had Kenny translations for every episode. Ooh. So, he, yeah, it was very funny and very intense. Like, he, they say those things and then just muffle it. Oh, I want to learn it. <laughs> this does transition into my high point. The irony was definitely a hit for me. You know, the one where Car- Cartman is talking about how, you know, he's not, 
you know, there's nothing wrong with him. And then he farts fire, you know, like, like just those little like <laughs> constant ironic things going on was, was definitely a hit for me. Agreed. It was, it was good humor, you know, cause there's just two layers to it. You know, it's like, it's both funny cause yeah, he's farting fire or he's yelling at the cat or the mom's talking about the dildo, but it's also just like really kind of like wholesome animation. And it's like telling a very vulgar story, but it's like, not necessarily a trope, but like the type of story that you would tell with like a much more wholesome cast of characters. It kind of seemed like everyone was kind of shitty, which was nice. I used to say that's my pie, Katie, all the time. <laughs> it was a meme before memes. Yes. I would like to just touch on one more high point as well. And I, and I have to say the supporting characters were so strong from the bus driver to the cop to chef. I mean, like even Cart- Cartman's mom, just a lot <laughs> of strong supporting characters. And I think that's... Oh, Cartman's mom was strong as hell in the in the yes. pilot episode. Like, I don't remember her being that subversive or funny. Like, She's Cartman's always mom like is doing that. a lot of story. To, I don't. I thought she was kind of boring in the first couple seasons. Like, she comes out of these gates swinging. <laughs> I felt that she's always like that. She's just not always present. Maybe I was too young to get it. I'm, I'm going to save my comment to that when I talk about my low points. I think we're ready to move into our Alyssa low points. Seems gating pretty shit fuck off <laughs> it's like why don't you hit us with that mo well the supporting characters in general were strong but my little point was that i thought it was actually weird and awkward when she was like force feeding cartman do you want like what did he what is she trying to make him like a chocolate fried chicken oh it was a chocolate pot pie but he didn't want the like <laughs> maple um powdered donut pancake surprise <laughs> i don't even know it just made me I don't know. It felt creepy and she was she almost redeemed herself with the comment on taking the cat to bed because the cat was the dildo. But <laughs> like I, I in that scene she kind of broke her weirdness to me, but it was still kind of uncomfortable to watch. I I would say that I think they're defining Cartman's character based on the way that Cartman's mom is treating him as in like indulging his fantasies of being big bone instead of eating a ton of junk food and not doing anything active. I do feel like that joke is, mm, I don't feel like it's fat shamey, you know? Um, I feel like maybe it's like 20% fat shamey, but more like 80%, this is what bad parenting gets you. So I think that might be like the icky factor. You're like, mm, what's this joke at the expense of? But I think it's more of like Cartman's mom is a bad mom, and this is why Cartman is a bad like fourth grader. <laughs> I'll add that that originally Trey Parker and Matt Stone said that they were like Stan and Kyle, but as the show evolved, like they both just became Cartman more than likely. Like most of the characters are actually based on like some type of like archetype of people that actually knew. I'm pretty sure Cartman is probably like a fat kid. They, you know, originally like the origins of, of Cartman is probably like a fat kid. They went to school with at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a former fat kid from school and like, yeah, I, I definitely had some one-liners and some snappy things to say to other kids. <laughs> you know, world's not kind to a little fat kid. But, w- but wouldn't it, it may have made it your fatness worse if you came home and your mom's just like, here's some maple-covered chocolate fried chicken pot pie. And then Drew's so spoiled. He's like, I don't like maple. <laughs> <laughs> Is this maple organic? <laughs> not, not in the 90s. No, no one, one gave a shit actually about organic. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a coy low point. I I don't know, Jimbo, you want to jump in with a low point or can I throw mine out there? Throw yours out. Um, not a lot of character definition. Um, Kenny was the only one who kind of had 
a um, a distinct character amongst the boys because, you know, eventually Cartman becomes the breakout star, you know, but Cartman's kind of a shitty kid and Stan's kind of a shitty kid and Kyle's definitely more of a shitty kid in this pilot than he usually is later. And, you know, when he, like, yells and curses at the end, so kind of sucks that Kenny dies because he's the one with the best character definition amongst the four, but in this first episode, they're, they're somewhat interchangeable. They'll get personalities eventually. Yeah, I would build on that. And I think in general, the pilot episode had just a very weak story. It was engaging still. It's more like it's more just a bunch of like absurd stuff going on with a bunch of vulgar kids kind of and some irony and some interesting supporting characters. I feel like there's actually it's a more complicated story than you're giving it credit to because I'm going to talk about that. Oh, I'm going to talk about that in my quest for the best because I kind of feel like there's an A story, a B story and a C story. So, like, they're actually kind of doing a lot in this episode. It's just, even though there should be urgency, there appears to be no urgency. So, maybe that's what you're feeling is, like, even though there's people kidnapped and aliens there and, like, Cartman is farting fire and there's, like, all this stuff. Like, no one's really reacting to it. I guess maybe because they're kids. Maybe it's, that's, like, complex and it's from their point of view. But, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot going on, but you kind of don't really care at any point. Yeah. I agree with you, Drew. Like, they, they touch on every single character. There is a lot going on, but it came off like it came off weak to me for some reason. Just just the fact that it's it's all around this alien abduction and then you're just like tying in these other little like little things with Stan and Wendy, which kind of came came into like a cool little like Scooby Doo type thing, but what were you gonna say, Mo? That's pretty much all I wanted to say was that I agreed with you, Drew. That I think that was a pretty short pilot, but every single character was presented like chef was there and they gave a good sense of how chef's character is and the teacher and his like creepy puppet and you know yeah. what i mean like you got even though i had seen the show and i know that chef's like this womanizer pimp but also like an ally for the kids like i already got that from that first episode and the teacher and him being like i don't know a low-key pedophile he's not a pedophile <laughs> he's just a weirdo like i got that from <laughs> i guess yeah. he's a pretty big weirdo yeah yeah, I mean, it tried to do a lot, but I see what you're saying, Jimbo. Like, that's that's what I meant with the weak storytelling. Like, there was like too much, just mile wide, inch deep, just a mile wide and inch. Very little room for character definition. So, let me some low um, no, let me say one more. Oh, go ahead, get in there. And in I have there. to say that there were a lot of really cheap laughs. Like the fart fire was kind of funny, but then when the the one little boy that sits behind Cartman lights on fire. And there was just a lot of that, like just really cheap, like taking it too far and really came off childish. That's Pip and he's not British. Well, whatever. It really came off childish. And I think I would have liked that when I was younger. Oh, Jimbo, you're, you're dangling at my thread here. You're dangling at that Stormy Daniels thread, but it's okay. Get in there. Okay. Well, well, let's save it. But, but what's your guys' comments about the really cheap laughs? And there was a lot of them. Where, like, it really had nothing to do with the story. They just, like, threw in a little extra. It was just an interesting blend of vulgar cheap laughs and, like, things that were slightly funnier, like the mom getting the dildo. So I think that (laughs) the vulgar cheapness might have been on purpose, you know, like, as that ironic juxtaposition. But you're right. There was also just some dumb stuff. And I love that in the pilot episode when he blows that kid up in the last row, it's Pip and he's not yet British. So that's going to happen later. Mo, I cut you off. The one who lights on fire? Yeah, and he's just running around. (laughs) Yeah, he runs around and he's... (laughs) No British screaming. Jimbo is very sad. He loves those accents. I know. I've... 
there were other cheap laughs too like wendy like pointing out all the food and stan's puke at the very end of the episode and you know i don't know there's just or or even like kick the baby there's just a lot of stuff that to me just was not funny at all and it was like a cheap a cheap attempt at getting a laugh but it was just really missing i will agree that i didn't really like kick the baby and the way he was mean to his little brother because he's like a baby I, i it was a little bit too crude and violent to be like kicked, literally throwing a baby around. I just thought it wasn't funny. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's not funny to kick a baby. Maybe if you set it up right, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it sure wasn't funny in the pilot. The pilot Listeners, episode. Get on the boards. How would you prefer your kick the baby jokes being told? Let us know <laughs> on the message board on our website. Of the knock knock oh. variety. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's probably good for our Alyssa low points. And now we're going to take a break and we're going to do another promo swap. Uh, so the podcast is You Can Rewind It. A husband and wife watch some 90s movies and talk about how their relationship with the movie has changed, but also talk a little bit about their relationship together and you know how things have changed over the years. So it's an interesting insight into some movies looked back upon with two charming hosts. I recommend the Dead Poet Society episode and the Reality Bites episode. Those were cool. This is Alexa from the You Can Rewind It podcast. Remember those movies you loved as a kid? What would happen if you rewatched those favorites from your childhood? Would you still like them? My husband Brock and I are on a mission to watch these 80s classics to see if they still hold up today and if we'd give them a rewind. Check out our podcast, You Can Rewind It, on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And remember, just because you can rewind it doesn't mean you should. You can rewind it. You can rewind it. All right, welcome back, listeners. And now we're going to move into our Crabman Award. Hey, Earl. Hey, Crabman. I'm kind of on the fence about my Crabman, so I'm going to let Drew go ahead and start us off. Jimbo, we're going to have that eternal struggle of Drew nominating things that aren't exactly people. Mo Mo just laughed. I'm okay with this one. We got away with it. I like Mr. Hat a lot because, like, again, we talked about the irony of the show and, like, the weird things happening to kids and, like, the kind of, like, pseudo-reality they live in. But when, like, Kyle was like, I don't want to ask Mr. Hat. And he's like, ask Mr. Hat. And then he's like, when, it's like, the puppet is like, you go to hell and you die. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> really intense. And so I thought Mr. Hat gave so much about the reality of South Park and, like, these kids' world and their lives and the humor and took so little because – it was just this weird thing. And if you were watching that show for the first time and the teacher was just a weirdo and all of a sudden, like you didn't know who Mr. Hat was, that would be like, I, I lunged backwards. <laughs> Thoughts? I well, did like I think that scene. Mr. Hat was probably based on a real teacher. They probably knew, of course, not telling them to go to hell. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's like their like funny take on it. I feel like it'd just be awesome to be in, in the writer's room with Matt Stone and Trey Parker. I feel like that would be far far more greater experience than any of those shows it'd be really funny it felt like the teacher was just he almost had like a double personality right with the mr hat was just his like dark side it's so creepy i wish i really want to remember how that relationship evolves between mr hat and oh it gets real weird oh my god mr garrison Garrison. goes on a journey yes he goes on a journey yeah, they, they could do a whole season just from Mr. Garrison. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I think my brother had a teacher who he would call Mr. Garrison behind his back because he was nice. so weird. <laughs> All right, well, let's dial it back to the Crabman Award. Mo, do you have a Crabman? 
your high point really is getting me Jimbo. Like the the supporting was it you or was it you, Drew? Hmm. Jimbo like the supporting cast. But Mo, don't do that thing where you don't read the outline because if you get near my MVP, I'm gonna like say something loud in the microphone. I'm gonna look. Where is it? Where is it? Well, Directly it's possible. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. It's possible that your MVP could also be the oh, crab man. Okay. That seems no. insulting. Well, I guess that's not exactly insulting. It's not. It's not. It's not no. a dishonor to win a crab man. It's amazing. There's just so yeah. many options. What did What did the cop do again? He lied to the just farmer an and the cows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he sang at the end. If anything, the I'm going to go with the bus driver. Me. Yeah, the bus driver. That scene was pretty good. Convince me. I came in with a nominee. You guys are floundering. I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to nominate the bus driver as my crab man award. You know, like her, like the fact that they keep calling her a fat bitch, and she's like, <laughs> "What'd you say?" And he's like, "I got a niche," and she's like, "Oh." Or the other one, he's like, uh, "You know, chickens eat grass." And she's like, "Oh, ch- yeah, well, chickens do eat grass." You know, she's <laughs> like, she's like so mean, but then she's also just so somewhat reasonable, oblivious to what's going on. <laughs> It's pretty good. Mm. Mm. They were both really good. Mo, you go to hell. You go to hell and you die, Mo. (laughs) Yeah. So sit down. So the bus driver gives a little more, but I also think the bus driver takes more than Mr. Hat. Although Mr. Hat's uh, give to take ratio is looks very nice. I also think that Mr. Hat is set up better as a joke because it's like there's all this like simmering of like Kyle not wanting to talk to Mr. Hat, and then when it finally boils over, (laughs) it is intense and very entertaining. Well, I agree. The and it does like dictate the rest of the plot. Yeah, uh, no. Well, I would disagree with that part. But but the bus driver is is more of an archetype. Well, I mean, I disagree to that, how it actually contributes to uh, the plot. It does. It does. Mister Hat says that they can't leave, yeah, so Chef they, pulls exactly. down the fire alarm. Exactly. Integral. Integral. Exactly. It's Mister Garrison that doesn't let him leave. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> but 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 the Mr. bus driver is definitely get it right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever, dude. You guys are <laughs> okay. This this is my last sell on on the bus driver. The bus driver is a universal character we all know. If you ever had to ride a bus, and I had to ride ride a bus, the bus driver can't do shit really. They're driving the bus. All they can do is yell at you from the window and look at you. Maybe if the, you know if they're not like driving through an intersection. So like the bus driver has <laughs> almost no power besides raising their voice at you. And so I don't know. I think that makes it just really funny too. My school system has like bus second adults, and so like it's another adult lady on the bus with the bus driver who can go back and say some stuff. And this one time I was on bus duty. And these kids were eating crackers, and I like asked for a cracker, and I was outside the bus, and they were in it, and they were handing it out, and she yelled at me. She's like, "What are you thinking?" It's like, "Why are you passing food in and out of the bus?" And I'm like, "Whoa, okay, sorry." And then Jimbo, actually, you're completely right because I simply walked away. I was like, "She was stuck in that bus." I walked to the next bus. I was like, "I don't want to be here right now." This is like adult Drew. This is like yeah, teacher this drew. Yeah, this is like this yeah, is like this two is years teacher ago. Drew. <laughs> yeah, this is teacher drew getting yelled at by bus lady, and I was like, dang, like, you know, I'm establishing rapport and getting crackers. And and for some reason, growing up, all, almost all my bus drivers were females. Although although the one bus driver that mainly drove us when I after we moved to Oregon, she she wasn't that mean. But but I but I definitely remember when like subs would come in and they'd just be yelling because people you know people people always go crazy for the subs, <laughs> yeah. And they just yell uh, and you know and everyone on the bus knows that it doesn't mean anything. Like okay, you're yelling at me. Who gives a <laughs> shit? I got an itch. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
<laughs> All right, Mo, settle this. Yes. All this talk about bus drivers is throwing me back of like images of seeing my the bus driver look into the giant review mirror. Oh yeah, dude. Oh. I don't think Drew <laughs> rode rode the bus, or, or uh, he might have a different uh, you know d- different opinion on this. Did 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 you ride a bus, Drew? Did not ride a bus. Got taken to school. Yeah. But rode a bus occasionally on school outings. So we had a male bus driver, Mr. Tally. Shout out. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, Mo, right. settle this. I got to decide. Yeah, get in there, Mo. But Mr. That that scene with Mr. Hat was just too pivotal. So I I might have to go with Mr. Hat. Oh snap! I know the bus driver had so much momentum. Okay. Drew has oh, I remember what I was gonna say. Hey, um, if. Thanks. If you ever want to go down a deep, dark, depressing YouTube rabbit hole, look up um, school bus fights. Cause um, no thanks. Like they have like the, they have the little video from behind that big, huge mirror you were talking about, Mo. The one at the very front, oh. and the craziest like school bus fight ever <laughs> involves the bus drivers. And so this one, this girl is like stepping up on the bus driver and then the bus driver and her kind of tussle and this girl two rows away is like get your hands off my mom and her mom was the bus driver so she jumps into it too what the hell yeah it's like the i'm gonna number cut one all video. this stuff dude let's get back to the pilot okay let's get back to the pilot mo look it up <laughs> okay <laughs> save that for the uh petardar if you want okay go go ahead drew announce it yep by split contentious decision the Crab Man Award of this episode is... Well, the Crab Puppet Award of this episode is Mr. Hat. All right, and now we're going to move on to our MVPs. I see Mo's thinking over, over there. So, Mo, we're going to let you think, and Drew's going to start us off with his MVP. I, I guarded this MVP with my, with my verbal words or with my verbal jousting, so I'm very happy to get here with this MVP, and it is Chef... Chef was fantastic, and Chef was so fully formed in the first episode. Like, the irony of the show, of the filthiness around the little kids, is just personified by Chef, who sings absolutely filthy, explicit songs to the children. <laughs> and he's like, he is. He's he's like the mentor archetype, you know? And he's just, like, saying some real stuff to these kids, but he's also very supportive of the kids, giving them good advice, telling them the right thing. Like, of all the adults on the show, Chef is the best interactor with the kids by both setting a good example and also you know like being very honest and forthright so a bunch of the other parents like you know cartman's mom is not doing him any favors and i don't and mr garrison's horrible so chef is the best adult and he's like the only reliable one and he sings about explicit sex (laughs) her salisbury steak yeah yeah this uh, yeah dude no chef is great (laughs) chef chef was chef was gonna be a contender for uh, my crab man but but i felt like he was too uh, you know, had had too much of a impact in in the show to really be the crab man. Yeah, but yeah, that's and spoiler, chef keeps it real. You know, he, he's he's a uh, yeah. Chef is you know, it's worth just even going and finding those really strong chef episodes. Mm-hmm. I just have Chef's that song stuck in my head balls. right now. Exactly, yep. that's exactly what I have in my head. Try my yeah. chocolate salty, salty balls now. That that song was on the billboards back in the day. Try Wasn't like Snoop on it. Someone was on it. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, I had the album. Wow, you would. Yeah. Oh, did you have Uncle oh, Fucker course. on there too? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna get to that. My petardar. Oh, okay, great. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> off track. No mm. worries. But yeah, Chef is so strong in this episode, and he's funny in every single scene. And definitely you're right. Like chef just enforces the normalness and the relatableness of like your childhood and being in the cafeteria. But also then 
yeah, wouldn't it be weird and really fucked up and funny and kind of weird if your cafeteria guy just started singing to you about explicit sex? And not just yeah. not just explicit sex, but like good explicit sex too, you know? They're sex positive songs. That's like the whole like cartoon and kids thing too, is like there's always the, the singing and dancing type things. And South Park definitely plays on that big time. And, and the fact that they have an iconic you know, R&B singer from the seventies or whenever, uh, what's his name, Drew? Isaac Hayes and Isaac Hayes. Yes. Download yeah. the shaft theme song and just listen to it wherever it it's goes with every situation. I've had it on multiple mixed CDs. It's awesome. That's a very strong MVP. So I will, I will move into mine before it's to give Mo a little more time. <laughs> I mean, you guys always take the good ones. Mo, you created this document. It's true. I know. You're right. <laughs> Mo, jump in. You can go now. We disrupted you. Go, go ahead, Mo. Yeah. No, no. I'm just saying that I always just pick one that you guys don't Mo, pick. Uh, Mo, you can why? pick We've anything. Multiple... You pick... Yeah. Mo, the purpose ben of, was the, the, unanimous of MVP the MVP. Yeah, the purpose of the MVP is the most valuable part of the pilot. Mm. Sorry, listeners. For those of you new, that's what the MVP means. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Jumbo. Well, Okay, so mine was the aliens and the cows. Just just the fact that like the aliens come and they start talking to you about the cows and, and these moos, and they're like, "We did research and we decided that you're the most intelligent and wise beings on planet Earth." And I and I think cows are like the stupidest things that you could possibly interact with. I had, I had to shovel poop a couple times, and the cows the way they just kind of look at you like all sideways, okay. and they're just so dumb that social critique on people and the, I mean, the show really builds on that, especially in the later episodes, but I love that about South Park. It's always a social critique on human beings and Americans, especially. And I felt like the aliens and the cows perfectly exemplified that. Um, cows are not dumb though. So calm down. They're actually cows are extremely smart. dumb. Go and no, hang out have- with some cows for a while. <laughs> Do I need to look this up? Cows are not that dumb. Compared to what? Um, you, Mo, you might be thinking about pigs, which are super intelligent. Like, they're smarter than dogs, and you can train them to play pigs Pac-Man. Are also, but, okay, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, go for it. I mean, Dude, look that up, but I would use your time to figure out your MVP. I don't think you could train a cow to do anything besides eat and, <laughs> and come to, like, the cowbell. You, you can ride them if they're very angry and male. They will throw you off another use cows are exceptionally dumb in the animal in the animal kingdom is my guess um, from my personal experiences i don't know one or the other i'll, I'll comment as mo is researching <laughs> no, yeah that's funny again that kind of speaks to like this pilot went a lot of different directions because it's just like following all these little narratives you know it's like bar brady's trying to keep a lid on things and the cows are freaked out and the boys are up to shit and kenny dies so like I it was one of like the little side running plots that I thought was funnier like now than I did back then. I probably was like, that's not funny. People aren't farting fire. But now I'm just like, that's clever. I get that joke. So I like that joke. And I also like that the guy in the back is like, my bad. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> they killed they killed a couple of the cows. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> turned them inside yeah, that, out. That's that what it was. was awesome. Yeah, they turned them yeah. inside out. <laughs> like, um, oh, okay. Steve back here. He turned them inside out. My bad. <laughs> yeah, he's like, my bad. I'm new. <laughs> Yeah, he even had, like, his own little distinct, like, cow noise. Yeah, it was like a geeky cow noise. Like, he's a geeky guy that, that made that made the inside-out mistake. Okay, so cows, Findings. intelligence. 
<laughs> Cows have been, research has shown that they possess remarkable emotional sensitivity. They have were able to be trained to do a maze. So this research that they conducted, part of it was training um, them to, to complete a maze. And they were able to do so. Um, one cow did it in under 20 seconds after in the first day of learning the maze. Wrap this shit up, B. Uh, yeah. Well, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, so, wow. So smart, cows are good at finding. Yeah. Cow, no, they're not. Cows, I guarantee mice far exceed no, cows yeah. in no, intelligence smarter, and sure. emotional. No. Yes. I feel like mice no, are good cows at Cows are like, good mazes. at finding that's the one score. hole in the <laughs> fence, dude. Anyway, all right. that's all they do yeah. all Take day. It to the and Take it to the yeah. boards. So my MVP. Take it to the boards. <laughs> I'm gonna, I I want to pick one that you all didn't pick. Although spoiler, chef. You don't have to, man. You chef pick was whatever it one. is. Okay, I pick chef. No, but Cartman yeah, was also was a good one too. Cartman, like he, okay, his go, opening okay. scene was great. He had a good balance of what was my high point, which was being vulgar but also innocent, and that started off from the beginning where he's just like my mama said that it was just a dream and, and then like, my mama said i'm just big bone and he really means it like he really deep down means it yeah he definitely has that mama says <laughs> thing going on big time dude he's like the water boy i don't know I, he had that good balance of being just this vulgar piece of shit kid but also just a kid and who loves his mom and loves food and got abducted by aliens so he's probably kind of traumatized and trying not to trying to be strong in front of his friends. So Carmen was a good one. Agreed. He was That's funny. a strong MVP. Did it, did anyone else pay attention to exactly how fat he is? He's at least a good two bodies compared to the, to the other boys. <laughs> I never paid attention. I didn't pay attention. Yeah, that's pretty big. Car- Carmen's a strong MVP. And I would say Carmen is the series MVP like he like Hartman is really the character to watch for future episodes for <laughs> yeah. sure hard disagree Stan's dad is the ultimate MVP <laughs> of South Park forever Stan's dad is pretty good well you know what as as we already mentioned the supporting characters are so strong and they always come in and out of every episode it seems like does anyone besides me have a dangling thread and now for the Stormy Daniels dangling thread Drew so what I remember when the show com- coming out and Jimbo alluded to this was this show kind of caused an uproar, you know, because people were like, what about the children? But it kind of seems like once a generation or once every five years, someone like does get pissed off about media or something again. And it doesn't seem to damage us. Like all three of us watched a bunch of South Park when we were kids and we were all in like the Peace Corps and we're all somewhat productive adults. So does media affect kids and should the uproar have occurred? Maybe you guys are on the same side as me. I don't know. What do you got? Are you suggesting that media doesn't affect kids? I I read a very interesting article that resurfaced about how someone did a study of violent video games and tried to correlate it with like violent behavior, violent tendencies from kids, and it just absolutely was not there. So I feel like there's not a whole lot of yeah, I feel like there's not a whole lot of correlative evidence or study on how media affects kids. I think it's more of a narrative that people create. For their yeah, agenda. definitely, and and they've even reproduced studies about the violence in in the video games as well. I I mean I would agree with you. I would say culture plays a way bigger part in people's lives, parents and culture, versus the media they watch, which is maybe part of the culture. Is your point saying that research shows there's not a correlation between exposure to 
violence in media and actual violence in real life? I don't know if it's violence in media. I just know the one about video games. Violent video games. Yeah, it was resurfaced recently. So I'm I'm not up on my research exactly on this. It's just more like, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's more of a comment on the culture. So I mean, maybe I delivered a, a comment as a question, but I don't know. Like, do you see waves of, I guess, outrage surfacing once every seven or 10 years about stuff? Because I mean, people were complaining about Mortal Kombat having blood like five years before this. And I'm sure there was something five years before that. That's a good one. I think that... There is a balance between like being a helicopter parent and sheltering your kids so much that they don't, they're so unprepared for the real world. And I think South Park is just slapstick, vulgar humor. It's nothing violent. I mean, it's a cartoon. Like the violence is pretty, I don't even think there was blood in this episode aside from the cows being turned inside out. Uh, Kenny, the rats came and ate oh, him. Yeah. Kyle pulled his head <laughs> off. Yeah. It was, it was an unbloody death, though. I mean, I feel like there'd be a puddle or something, but it really was just like you could see his ribs and his brain. <laughs> yeah, so did South Park make kids worse? Probably not. No. That's my answer. Depends on the age, too. I didn't start watching this till I was like in in high school, so probably a freshman. I was like 14. If you had a kid, what age would you let them watch South Park? Like, a, like around that age, 12, 13. Once they know what, like, being dead means and what, like, sex is, right? Jimbo? Dildo? Hmm. Once they can define a dildo? I feel like those are different stages of kids' learning yeah. developments from, like, death and sex to dildos. Like, there <laughs> might be some gaps in between. They might not learn all that in the same two-month span. Yeah. That's a good question. And now, listeners, as as a future father, it means a lot more. Why don't you answer, Drew, and, and then I'll come back to you. Probably 11-ish. You know, I'm a little bit there with Mo. Um, I don't think okay. that I don't think that kids need to be sheltered nearly as much as we think. Because like I'm in classrooms and I'm hanging out with sixth graders who are 11, and you hear some weird stuff. You hear some really cute stuff where kids are trying to figure things out, kind of like by context, kind of. But um, yeah, you also hear some super real shit. So 11 is old. Like I don't want kids to come trick or treat at my house if they're sixth graders. Like you're too old for that. <laughs> what? Wow, that's I, rough. Dude. I tr- used to trick or treat in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I would like beg my cousins to take my to let me take their little kids. You get free candy. Mo, it's it's the magic for the children. You were there for the money and the candy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't want to subsidize your like <laughs> your junk food. Like I want little children to have a wonderful experience, not to see like kids who are way taller than them making them be like ah. I built a uh, I built an arch. It was five foot three, which is the height of my wife, and I tried to erect it in front of my house because I didn't want kids who were taller than five foot three to come and get candy. And no, people helped me make the arch, but no one is helping me like put it up. So You're serious about this? Wow. Well, I'm still five three, wow. so I could go now. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. I was probably, I was probably five five in fifth grade. So now you now now you're excluding. And Jimbo, I feel like in fifth grade you were a very big Kenny, and you did not enjoy Halloween for like the love of the magic. Were you throwing eggs at that point? No, I think I was going for Halloween with my nephews, which were significantly younger. Oh, oh, Kenny in the show is also very responsible. I have an answer, and and I'm and I'm not going to put a number on it, but I would say if the kid is old enough to understand that that ev- that you know the difference between like things on TV not being real or and what real life is like, you know, if they're old enough to to like distinguish this is just a form of entertainment, then I would say they're probably old old enough to watch it. If you're going to watch it with them, I wouldn't I wouldn't want my my daughter to just sit around by herself and watch South Park. 
But if I was going to watch it with her and she could understand at least, at least like, you know, some of the main things going on, I would probably be okay with that. Yeah, the show never really defines what a dildo is. It's only like something that's said through Kenny's point of view. And if you know what a dildo is, it makes Cartman's mom's joke much funnier. So, I mean, the show's not as sexually vulgar as we might be tagging it. It's just kind of curse word and like toilet yeah. humor vulgar. Yeah, I probably wouldn't want to watch the 300 parody with 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 a young kid, but yeah. Oh, Mr. Garrison and your journey you there's, will go on. There's like some there's like some pick and choosing shows. Like there's definitely some shows that you could watch with a really young kid <laughs> and some other ones that you might want to bump your age up. Yeah, exactly. But I would say it I would say it definitely depends on the kid to get back to the actual answer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, that's a that's a dangled thread. Anybody else? I didn't really see anything that came to mind. I will admit I just watched the pilot about probably two hours ago. So, no, I liked all the stuff you guys were saying about the animation, and I didn't. I never really put that together, or thought that this was groundbreaking and that no one had ever done that before. But I guess that is true. No, it wasn't groundbreaking at all. It was well, the opposite. People, it was people like... had done it. Like it was. It was a very standard form of animation. <laughs> but like no one had ever had people drop f bombs from little tiny kids' so mouths. So more it was the, like the con. The like script with the basic yeah, the juxtaposition animation. of like the filthy humor with like the super wholesome imagery okay i guess i ran over your talking mo Go no ahead. no it's fine Sorry. i just i liked all that stuff i liked yeah. learning more about the the creators i don't know much about them they're kind of interesting weird dudes definitely they they have commentary on like the like at least the first five or so season dvds and they're hilarious they're they're i mean them just talking about the shows is maybe better than a lot of the shows oh just them going bantering back and forth you know they'll say like oh yeah i had a bus driver just like that and then they just start talking about it yeah 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 i mean those guys are that's that's what i was saying earlier like it'd be so funny just to watch them just sit around with their writing staff when this pilot it was probably just those two probably did all the work for this pilot yeah they did and nowadays they have a whole writing room full of superstars, and so I mean, obviously you, I mean, you can tell in the in the quality of of, of the show, not not to take anything from them. Uh, Bill Hader is a writer oh, wow. for South Park. That dude's really funny. Yeah. Well, their net worth is oh, cool. half a million each, so together they're worth a billion dollars. Oh, 500 half million? A, yeah. uh, wow. I'm sorry. Did I say half a million? I meant half a billion. Half a yeah. billion. That's what it sounds <laughs> like, like. Those guys blew it on drugs and <laughs> no, horse. No, half a billion. No. So 500 million each. <laughs> oh, they did not no. blow it on drugs and horse. Okay. Sure put Alex Inc. to shame. Good for them. Yeah, good job. Get out of here, Alex Inc. No one likes you. <laughs> We're so mad. All right, let's move on, though. The, we are getting way off topic. And well, we are dangling. almost exceeding Drew's drew's time uh yeah let's, let's keep it moving but it's a, well i mean that's that's, dangled. A, that's a dangled thread yeah. if we don't have any other threads okay well, let's jump into watch or rewatch all right and now we're gonna swap another promo here with our buddies over at what does it matter podcast what does it matter 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 podcast with sean faust does genre really matter to you? Do you only listen to one style of music? Do you only watch one kind of movie? Do you only read one kind of book? No, you're not that boring, and nobody's that boring. So check out the podcast taking the world by storm called What Does It Matter? It's about anything and everything, because when it comes to genre, what, what does, does it matter? matter? 
WDIM Podcast can be found at WDIMpodcast.blogspot.com. Tell your friend. All right, welcome back, listeners. And now, the moment before the moment we've all been waiting for, watch or rewatch. Mo, why don't you start us off? Are you going to be rewatching South Park? So because this is such, the episodes are so short, I can totally see myself just continuing with the series and watching the next episode and getting an episode here and there whenever I feel like it. Because I also think that they, the whole series itself did a good job of comment, like providing commentary on what was going on in the world. And so it'd be funny to watch the show and remember like all of these political or social, the, the social and political context, I guess, that this show likes to do. So I think I would definitely rewatch and more realistically this year and not like next year. Oh, Mo, you watched The Married with Children yet? Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll check next time or maybe not. I haven't either. I I assumed as much. Okay. Um, so I do watch this show as it comes out. I like it. I like that the show has not necessarily evolved because I think it's still a lot of vulgar humor, but it has um, taken some chances. Like some shows become kind of static as the years go on, but they got more serialized like five or six years ago. So they had like season long arcs, which are fun. And then interestingly enough, this most recent season, um, the two creators went online and said like the previous season, they did a lot about Trump and they did a lot about like Mr. Garrison basically becoming Trump. And people were like, Ooh, South Park is political. I'm not going to watch now. So they came out this past summer and we're like, we're just going to do one off episodes. It's going to be like the old days. We're not going to be make it serialized or political. And then it came back this season and it was hella political and hella serialized. So I just thought it was funny that Matt Stone and Trey <laughs> Parker like trolled those 4chan and Reddit bros. And they were like, it'll be the South Park you love. And people tweeted about it. And they're like, thank God. And then it wasn't. So they do a lot of fun stuff still. I would recommend just watching. It's always been season. political. Oh, yeah. It's always been. That's the point. Yeah. All these things that people don't want to be political have always been political. They do a good job at that. I would like to occasionally come to it. And in fact, I think I'll pick Drew's brain for, for some of the standout episodes that I've missed over the last five to 10 years and maybe go back and watch some of the really classic ones. But I could always see myself coming to a South. There's, there's some just excellent South Park episodes. Like anytime I, I find someone that just breaks up with someone, I always re- recommend they go and watch the butters and the, uh, and the, uh, um, the Hooters episode like so there's just definitely some go-to ones you you could always go to at any time i haven't seen that one it's it's remarkable the the young version of hooters is called raisins raisins that's right i I can't believe i forgot that yeah the raisins episode is a great episode so awesome it's a really good one listeners any any of you have recently had a breakup (laughs) you guys are just stand still stand still (laughs) and now the moment we've all been waiting for to hoist or not to hoist? That is the question. And new listeners, this is when we decide whether this pilot sucked or did not suck. Let's let's put it around the table. Does does uh, South Park blow itself up? I would say it does not. I'm not hoisting this. Mo, I'm totally with you. Um, this was actually way better than I remember. I was stealing myself for this to be like kind of like not super funny, but it was it held together way better than I remember. So this is a not hoist. I might watch some South Park later today. I was going to hoist it. Really? Why? Go ahead. Tell us. No. Why? Kind of like I talked about the kind of the weak storytelling. There was a lot going on. The main storyline with the aliens was funny at the very end. But for the most of the, of the episode, it was just kind of a bunch of 
cheap tricks and cheap laughs. And although this the supporting characters were really strong, it didn't really tie in all that well. Except for Chef and Mr. Hat. I was going to hoist it. Although, but we've had such a good conversation. I think I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side now, and I am going to say it's a not hoist. So, by unanimous, although somewhat tepid, decision, South Park Pilot unanimously not hoisted, which pushes us right into the hottest new segment in TV pilot criticism <laughs> podcasting. The quest for the best or the worst pilot, and I'll start things off. So, I was thinking about this today because Jimbo's right. It's, it's weak storytelling, but they're doing a lot of things. And the show that also did a lot of things in 22 minutes of an animated show is X-Men. I don't think this is better than X-Men, but this is cool. So let's start maybe there. Um, right behind X-Men is the Wonder Years, Friday Night Lights, Freaks and Geeks. What are y'all's thoughts? Go ahead, Mo. Get in there, Mo. I would say it's it's better than Freaks and Geeks. I would agree. Because Freaks and Geeks sucked. That's Freaks why. and Geeks was just <laughs> a high school drama. And also, I think it's unfortunate because it just came. I think we had a, a flood of a lot of high school level Ooh. cast. No, Mo, that has nothing to do with it. The pilot was weak. I, I, I just, I feel like South Park I, is more I'm original. I'm surprised we didn't it was hoist funnier. it now in hindsight. And, and I always go back to this point with Freaks and Geeks, which it was you know, unfairly hoisted by the network it didn't get up it didn't get a second season and south park is still running we have talked about uh you know longevity being a tiebreaker what do you say to that jimbo i'm with mo i think it goes between freaks and geeks and married with children i think married with children was significantly better okay so what we have then would be after x-men the wonder years friday night lights married with children and then we want to put South Park. But oh man, I think South Park is way funnier than Married with Children and more original. I can I can get behind I mean, that. It's more original. I can get behind that, Drew. But that where would that put it then? It would put it behind Friday Night Lights ahead of Married with Children. Well, dude, I think it's better than Friday Night Lights. Really? But tell me why. I, th- I think Friday Night Lights sucked. I didn't think it was that great. It was okay. You're feeling my my name is Earl X-Men frustration. It burns. Why is South Park better than Married with Children? Um, I think because I'm going with originality and cleverness. I can jump in with the cleverness. I mean, I laughed more. You know, they kind of did two layers. Like, I feel like Married with Children was a lot of straightforward jokes about kind of common things. Whereas, like, South Park took, like, the commonality and, like, laid the irony down hard in a couple different places to better effect and then also if it's a tiebreaker longevity jumps in as well but and i like magical what not magical but not real like i mean they were talking about aliens and putting flames out of cartman's ass like i like i like that stuff well that was definitely a thing of the time like like there was definitely stuff going on with people thinking that aliens were abducting them and and putting probes in them. So I mean I mean they definitely played on on people believing such such nonsense. And they played on it. I mean they had the aliens go be like, "Hey cows, like sorry, it's our bad," which was something that people were not doing. Like no one was having the cows connect to the aliens. So I mean, there's the irony and the cleverness of the joke that they played on things that were going on at the time. And then they made Barb Brady sing and dance, which I thought was funny. I think the supporting cast in South Park, even though it does kind of dilute the story, is far superior to the supporting cast in Married with Children. Agreed. And Peg is strong, but I mean, 
are Cartman and Chef and Cartman's mom and that one joke stronger? I don't think so. I didn't see any Peggy or Al Bundy's in in the South Park. But if it's two against one, it's 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 two against one. I did not laugh at all while watching the South Park pilot. Granted, mm-hmm. I had probably seen that pilot five or six times in my life, and I haven't. But I haven't seen it in at least a decade, if not longer. It just comes down to personal taste, I guess. I did laugh out loud with the Married with Children pilot a, a couple times. Like there were some really funny parts for me. You talked about watching Married with Children twice. Do you not think that if you watch the South Park pilot again, because you said you were cold on the Married with Children pilot the first time you watched it, maybe you owe the South Park pilot a second watch. I think I saw the South Park pilot enough times before, and I didn't watch it at night. Like I, I like I didn't watch it be- when when I was going to bed. Like I did the first viewing of Married with Children. I literally watched it when I was laying down. South Park does more with the tropes that it starts with. I think it subverts the genre in a cool way. I think that, yeah, like adding the vulgar humor to like the very young childish cartoon style animation is very original and funny. And there were enough cool jokes, like especially like the Mama Dildo joke, which you get more now, which means that the humor was trying to be a little bit more universal. Like this is for 13-year-old Jimbo and 13-year-old Drew laughing at farts. But also if you're old enough, it stretches. So I would say the humor gets a little bit more broad. I'd say the irony is better used, although I'm not sure what was like kind of subversive about Mary the Children. I thought it was just kind of straightforward like marriage trope jokes. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. That's why I would kind of put South Park above Mary the Children. Mo, what do you think? Do you still agree with your original claim? Yeah, I do. Okay. So then that, that puts, uh, we have a new number nine. Well, do we do we have anyone that's going to argue it's better than Friday Night Lights? I, I'm not I'm not going to make that tough. argument. I, I just don't give a shit. It's it's still a flawed pilot, and I still think that Friday Night Lights like leaves you with more potential. South Park leaves you with a ton of potential. It's four little boys that can get into trouble, alien trouble, on the very first episode. Dude, the potential's there, but that's fine. Yeah, no, but I mean, if a sitcom is where if a sitcom is where the adventure starts and everything ends, like where it began, like it was a pretty sitcommy sitcom, which is fine. But you know, the very end of Friday Night Lights is like, wow, this whole cast that I've gotten to know and I've had some pretty good performances from. What's going to happen next? Because it kind of leaves you in this cool space where you're like, did Saracen like throw the touchdown or did he just chuck it up? Like, what's going to happen to the injured quarterback? Like this coach who is in the hot seat now got out by the skin of his teeth. What's he going to do in the next six days? I don't know. I really like Friday Night Lights as a show, but I don't think the pilot of South Park is more impressive if you just want to view them just as productions. They're both immense, but the end product of Friday Night Lights is just more impressive to look at, even though like the blood, sweat, and tears of South Park is there. Mo? Well, I mean, do you think Friday Night Lights is better than South Park? Uh, is she even listening? <laughs> I think she... <laughs> Which one's better, Mo? I think Friday Night Lights is better. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. and yeah, then you meant to say yes. Okay. Um, Let's move on. Yeah, that's okay. Sure. We've been recording for a bit. <laughs> All right. So um, we're officially slotting that one in there. Bye-bye, and guys. now um, let's talk about these petardars. So, Mo, why don't you go first so we won't steal so, your thunder? I'm going to go with The Simpsons. Obvious, obvious one. And Family Guy, all those funny animation. What? Why are you laughing? There's a South Park. There's a South Park episode where like they just totally rip on oh. Family Guy. It's very what, hilarious. Do they rip on it's it because they think that they copied him, them? In some ways, they just kind of rip on it for just for being more punny 
and not like super mm-hmm. story oriented, story oriented, it's great. Like that's worthy of being on the Petard oh, yeah. the South Park Family Guy episodes. Uh, so yeah, those those would be my two strictly because they're both animations and they're pretty funny and are good at giving a social commentary. Um, I am a huge musical nerd, as my love of Hamilton will show. Even though I wish we talked more yes. about Hamilton than Dexter on this podcast, does it fit into pilots? You know, be it as it may. Um, I love South Park the movie because it's it's a really 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 good musical um, and it has some homages to some classic musicals like a really cool Les Mis number and then also I didn't realize this till I was older but South Park the movie bigger longer and uncut is a dick joke because that yeah, describes sure, the movie man. but Come also on. an uncircumcised penis <laughs> I didn't get it at the time I, I snuck into this movie and actually my other petardar is um, when I was sneaking into South Park the movie the first time I tried I got caught and they made me go back to For the Love of the Game, which is a <laughs> shitty Kevin Costner movie that I had to watch because my dad was coming to pick me up later and I couldn't just like leave the theater because I was young. I was under 13. So, um, yeah, go watch that movie because that's how much I love South Park. I put up with like a oh. shitty baseball rom-com. <laughs> Not even the good one. All right, I'm good. So is For the Love of the Game in your petardar? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go watch it. It's really bad. And like, think about okay. being thirteen and watching it, and being okay. wishing you um, were in the South Park movie. I like. I held my pee the entire next South Park movie when I actually snuck in successfully because I was afraid that if I went out to the bathroom and came back in, oh so I had to pee so bad at the end. I'm pretty sure when my brother and my cousin and I went to the South Park movie, someone probably bought us the tickets for it. <laughs> All right, where where you at, Jimbo? I'm also gonna add in Team America. Of course. Basketballs and mm-hmm. or anything Classic. else, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. And I'm surprised that Drew didn't recommend the Book of Mormon, which I would have recommended had I seen it, but I, I don't feel feel comfortable. Although that's on my personal it. petardar. The Book of Mormon is on my personal petardar. And then I have one more, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And listeners, if you haven't reviewed us yet and you want to go on there and write us an iTunes review and recommend that we analyze the pilot episode of Always Sunny. I think Always Sunny does a lot of the things that that South Park does with the social uh, critiques and the parody and just four ridiculous characters that just do a bunch of wacky and really funny things. And then also Orgasmo is a Trey Parker and Matt Stone joint, which they started to make when they were uh, film students at CU Boulder. It's a it's an X-rated uh, Mormon missionary who gets sexual powers, and he becomes a superhero named Orgasmo. Yeah, it's not their best work, but but it's it's the start. You know, it's 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 their practice ground. It's it's their pilot. It's their pilot. All right, so I think uh, I think we can move on from our petardar. Next week, we are watching the pilot for This Is Us. Thanks to Yay. the reviewer, Miss Namalez. Dr. Namales. Dr. Namales. Our official intro was mixed by Jake Drew. And our official closing music is an instrumental track by Entheos. And you can find a link to both of them on our website. Also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and or, and or our Facebook page. If you want to continue any of these conversations, go to our website we can continue these conversations and don't forget to join in on the pre-recording discussion and if you can't tell by the music the show is officially over but if you love us as much as we love us we're going to stick around for a few more minutes that was cool i missed you guys that was fun also jimbo by the way you characterized me as being on spring break as mo is on spring break i was celebrating the holy holiday of pesach 
I didn't so, say it was spring yeah. break. You kind of said this since I was on vacation. I got inspired by Moby and on vacation. <laughs> yeah, a vacation and I was actually on spring break, but I was I was at a holy thing. Like Mo went to the beach. I went to celebrate the Exodus. <laughs> Fitz made made a comment about you were off your game for the Married with Children episode, and he he wanted to know if that's why you took a week off because you're you know uh, awkward. Because you guys benched me? Is that what he's saying? <laughs> yeah, we pretty much benched you, dude. We benched I got, you. I got sent out to the bullpen? Yeah, I guess so, dude. <laughs> Thanks, Fitz. I see what you're trying to do here. Hey, trying to get my were, chair. You were way off your game on, on, on Married with Children. So. I think we just had, like, divergent opinions. I don't know. No, I don't know. I mean, I, I was actually... I remember the Married with Children episode being somewhat contentious, but also when I listened to it, like it, get, it took me a day because I was like, am I going to listen to this and sound like an asshole? I listened to it. I like it. I think it's one of our good episodes. It is a great episode, but I mean, you, yeah. um, the recording went well, but I think your analysis of the show No, was man, you just want me to like that show. I still think it's a basic ass, like real basic sitcom it is a that basic you guys show. have like nostalgia yes. with. It, it, it got ranked pretty highly amongst our pilots for being very basic. I feel like we should, when we have, when we have 30 pilots, Married with Children should be 15. It should always be in the exact center. The quest for the best is hard to keep not being, by, like, to keep neutral about. It's hard not to just be uh, influenced by your feelings that week or whatever. I think it's hard to keep it true to, true to form. Yeah, tell us how you feel about this, listeners. It's interesting. Let's get some feedback. I enjoy it. I feel like there's. I feel like Mo could watch a show or two and maybe settle some some long festering feuds. I'm almost done. Okay. Hey, Mo. Drew. We're so proud of you. Okay. We we've, we've done 18 shows, uh-huh. and Married with Children is no, number nine. What? So that's exactly wow. what. Married with Children is the mayonnaise of pilots. Yeah, and now we have 19, <laughs> and guess what number it is? It's 10. That's exactly in the middle. As it should be, you know. Okay. Um, it's gonna keep getting knocked. I'm actually kind of super excited for our next run of shows. Not that I don't get excited for the other ones, but like, this is us, Rick and Morty, and then One Tree Hill. But then The Crown and Blackish and Boy Meets World. I'm kind of super psyched for our next run of shows. I hope that yeah. I can make every recording. And Fitz, you know, I I do what I want, and this is my <laughs> chair. And you're gonna have to you're gonna have to wrestle me out of it. If that's what you want. He doesn't want your chair. He just said you sucked pretty much, or like, or not that you sucked, but that you know. You know, you were uh, off your game when you were He didn't okay. say you sucked. All right, that's fair. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that I think that I just had a very, you know, usually we have like a divergent opinion or two, but I just, hmm. you know, Pajimbo, it's a good lesson. Subjectivity, yeah, 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 taste, yeah. opinion, they're all things. I mean, you had to come around to a bunch of the jokes because you missed them the first time. I, I think that was his point. I feel like I came around to two jokes that were very basically presented and... I was not even playing with okay. my phone. This is not a Married with Children episode, so let's just let's just. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it is shop talk. I mean, it is shop, yeah, talk. shop talk. As long as Dexter doesn't come up, I'm fine with it. Yep. Oh, Mo. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Mo, I'm super what's psyched. going on in the city? <laughs> not much, man. I asked for if Passover was over because my landlord's Hasidic mm-hmm. and the light bulbs have been fucking up in the kitchen, and it's not. Mm, the big part's yeah, over. Nice. People are still going to eat matzo and and for a little while. Yeah, but but if, can he, like, work? Can you work? Mm, if he's acidic, probably not. Fuck. Yeah. You could probably change a light bulb, Mo. No, the thing is, I changed the light bulb. Calm down. <laughs> but it turns on and off anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's... that's no, maybe your apartment it's is like haunted. Sh- 
no, uh, maybe. There's also maybe there was a mouse sighting. Maybe visitors put an anal probe in your ass last night. It's messing with the light. That mouse is smart. It's smarter a than a cow. Today. You can reason with it, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> I have been farting fire today, so. <laughs> yeah, nice. Ugh. Well, I predict Shit. next week we are going to have a run for the best pilot ever. You've been saying that. You've been Wait, the next you, one? Yeah, Jimbo's been getting yes. ready for This Is Us. And I think... I think This Is Us has a very strong pilot. I think, though, that what I've said in the past is This Is Us has a somewhat repetitive formula in terms of its episodes, you know, like interweaving the past and making it relevant to the present thing. I know. I mean, it's fine. But, like, the thing is, you don't know that in that very first episode. It's kind of awesome. So I think it's going to serve it well. This Is Us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. No one's even pretending like they haven't watched it. Everyone's watched This Is Us. This is going to be a hard one for me not to spoil. Mm. Yeah, Don't. So I have, I've watched if zero you're still of the in here, if, if you're interested in watching This Is Us as a series, you should probably just skip our review of it because Mo is definitely going to spoil that fucker at least once or twice. <laughs> God damn it, Mo. I have watched zero episodes of the second season. I'll try my best. Out in case She's, Sterling will dude, be disappointed with you if like, you spoil it. He dude, will. He'll know. Every time Mo best. says, like, I'm not going to spoil it, you can, like, bet the next thing out of her mouth is a spoiler. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. I never say, like, blatant spoils. And if I do, I like... No, she won't blatantly spoil it. It's just an implied spoil. If you're even halfway paying yeah. attention, you can't ignore. <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not famous enough for for us to be an ignored podcast. Like people don't like wash their dishes and listen to us. So, you know, we'll get there someday, Mo. But for for now, we gotta watch it. Okay. <sighs> cool. Don't want to piss anyone off. No, that's fine. Just you know, say spoiler first. Like you know, so listeners, when Mo says I'm not gonna spoil it, just skip because she is. You know, that's just <laughs> that's just you know inevitable. Oh my god, I'm reading all of our tags, which I've never read before. I like how we hashtagged Nobo. It's great. Oh yeah. Well, feel free to add some tags in there. Cause I, what? Those, those, those what are old. That's, that's shorthand for nostalgia, nostalgia boner. boner. Yeah. Oh. You know, like, how'd your Nobo go? My Nobo was a no-go. We didn't even use that phrase. Kind of, I know. Kind we of st- invented it. We stayed somewhat objective with South Park. Yeah. I could have gotten passionate. Ooh. All right. Well, I think we're good. We're almost to ninety minutes. Yes, we are. And then, yeah, let's uh, let's let's cut let's cut some stuff. Yeah, and it took us thirty minutes to get started. Jimbo, you need to do something about your damn mic. Fair, fair point. Shots Why fired. does that happen every week? What? Why does your mic fuck up every week, or why does it always give us issues if it's always the same thing? We are stirring the tea because I've not stopped recording. Keep going, <laughs> keep going, keep going. Oh yeah. I mean, I dude, know I was uh, thirty minutes late last week, but I I had a good reason. I was drinking beer. Like, go on. I feel like this is maybe only <laughs> the second time that, that you guys are waiting on me. So it's the third because there was that one time where you were talking to your parents about yeah. your child. <laughs> yeah. God. That God, wasn't a technical Jimbo. issue. <laughs> Alright, fine. So three times. Maybe am I exaggerating? I feel like every week your your mic is just annoying. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I thought it's supposed to be nicer than our mics. It's way nicer, dude. My quality is gold. Okay. Um, well, you know, I'm just gonna maintain my Cal Ripken workman like status fits, being here week in, week out, no matter what you deem my performance as. <laughs> I'll see you on Twitter. We do talk sometimes. 
maybe I'll go watch that Supernatural episode I keep promising to watch. Wait, is is Fitz is who's Fitz and who's is Fitz here? He, no, no, Fitz is our sponsor. Fitz who, is our sponsor, man, the yeah, engineer. Thomas John thinks that oh. we need to be beholden to Fitz's uh, opinion. Yeah, we, take, <laughs> we we listen, but it doesn't mean that we're going to change the quest for the best. Supernatural is never going to be number one. No, wow. I don't think he wants it to be number one. I, I, for some reason, I just think he. Oh, it's up to Mo. I still haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know. We know. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we have hit the end, and we're getting we're getting snippy, but. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's happening? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. All right, man. All right. Every day we hoistlin, Jimbo out. Every day we hoistlin, Drew out. Every day we hoistlin, Mo out. Burr, burr, Love you guys. Burr, burr, burr.